PlayStation. Oh, yes, indeedy. Welcome back to another episode of the Sheep Station and Dynasty podcast. Joined, as always, by the usual suspects. Guest, nine touchdowns. How are you, mate? Yeah, um, pretty good. Pretty exciting day for uh, NFL football fans, right? It's all happening, mate. It's all happening. Big day. Pretty 69. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, Drifts. Good. It's good. Good. Yeah, big exciting day. All of the uh, all of the things are happening. <laughs> yep. Franchise yeah, tag deadline day. Yep. Free agency happening next week. Combine last week. It's just a great time to be alive. Mm. But uh, yeah, look, we'll break all of that kind of stuff down today. Have a bit of a combine review. Franchise tag review. A couple of trades that went down review. Yeah. And uh, review mirror. And, this is uh, like. This must be like Adam Schefter and uh, Ian Rappaport's like, Christmas period, right? The most fun they get all. <laughs> they would. Uh, do you reckon they're ever off their phone? No, I reckon they pay someone, calls. pay someone to actually be them, and it, and it's just their name that's associated with it. Yeah, you're right. There'd, there'd have to be a few spies out there. Hey, yeah. you have to have the inside scoop. Yeah, look, hit us up on those socials if you've uh, got any trades, anything like that, any questions you want to ask at Sheepstation Pod on Twitter, Instagram. We are Sheepstation Dynasty Podcast. Uh, we've got a few trades we're going to talk about. Well, one trade in particular we're going to talk about with the, with a bit of the news that's going on. But um, you know what? Let's um, let's crack into the beer review first, eh? Because yeah. we've got a lot of news to, to talk about. So, viewers. Oh my god! Struggling. Oh no! <laughs> oh, I remember oh. my first beer. Uh, oh, you know, you you shove your fingers under it. I've got a broken finger. Oh, finger. Those paying along. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that how he got his name? Um, and it just. The beer slid along the table, so I missed it completely. Um, did it, did your disaster. finger kind of slide out from in there? Or? Yeah, just slid yeah. out. Uh, so what do we got here today? Um, I wanted to get something that could compete with that Riyadh Nuaton that we uh, <laughs> tried the other day. So I had a look at the Capital uh, Brewing Co., who are persistent um, performers in the hottest 100 of beers, and uh, grabbed their XPA. So... so uh, Got a purple and red can, mostly white or silver. It's a bit hard to tell, and um, it's uh, yeah, pretty simple. But um, I've heard very good things from this uh, brewery, one of the best in Australia. Uh, combined metrics: three seventy-five mils, five point zero percent ABV, and one point five standard drinks. So give it a bit of a sip here. What what does XPA stand for? Does anyone know that? Uh, extra pale ale, I think. I don't know. Um, that's, that's an E. I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess um, first sip, it's uh, it's pretty hoppy. Um, I understand exactly why this is going very high in um, a beer voting competition for those that, that like their craft beers. It's it's everything you uh, taste when you, you have a craft beer. It's got not a heap of like fruitiness or anything it's actually mostly just that heavier hopsy taste um but it is they've got um what do they got here a bright tropical number with a hint of citrus very refreshing delightfully easy to drink and i would agree with that easy to drink for what kind of uh uh type of beer this is it's not like you know you're not drinking a Creatine art in here. You're not sinking a hundred of them, but you could definitely, Jesus. definitely have a little session on these. They're not too bad. 
Um, I was hoping I was going to be able to give it a high first, but I'm going to have to go a mid first here. Um, Is it a little bit for, overrated or something? It's, yeah, I think it's just a little heavy for me, um, for my taste. I'd prefer the um, the Bolter XPA over this one. Um, right. So if you've had them before, but still a, a solid beer. Um, Got to play a comp play a or comp. is it just... Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, tight end in Kyle Pitts because the can kind of reminds me of Atlanta a little bit with the red <laughs> capital. And he is he's just a solid guy, but he's not scoring touchdowns. So and like, when, um, when you first like look at the this. can, actually, the first three letters you see are P-I-T, so that works. Yep, Pitts. They're the biggest letters on the bloody thing. They so. are. Mm. Yeah. Kyle Pitts, eh? That's what I reckon. Hard to trade for Kyle Pitts these days. Just trying to acquire him in a, a specific location. <laughs> and uh, failing do you, think, uh, <laughs> do, do you think you'd be easy to trade for, didn't you? No, I didn't think so. But I thought, you know, my my replacement offer for Kyle Pitts was pretty fair in uh, George Pitzel, uh, Kittle. Uh, but <laughs> it's just not quite getting me over the line, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, it could, it could get you Michael, that, so. Michael Pittman. <laughs> Pitt <Dunks. laughs> For those who uh, missed it, uh, Poyta has Kyle Pitts, and I'm trying to acquire her from him faintly miserably. But anyways, what do you do? I'll get there one day. Oh, well, beer review of the week. We, we haven't quite hit that Griot Noir turn um, level of quality yet, but um, we'll get there, I'm sure. You'll find something that'll knock it off the top spot. But I got one that we'll pick beer. up on the weekend, and... Uh... I think that's going to be the one. So this one here, you said it's not like it's fruity. Would 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 it hit the Seymour's palate? No, no, I no, think you'd it. hate it. <laughs> I, I think you'd prefer a fruity beer to this beer. Yeah, right. Um, wow. That's, um, what did you have that time that you had gave me the peach something or other? <laughs> that was not, these, not for anyone. I was like, anyone want this? <laughs> Anyways. The cider dressed the up in a beer game. Oh, that Jesus, one. disgraceful, disgraceful. Oh, yeah, I, just yeah, to, um, oh, I just wanted to give a shout out to one of our listeners, uh, JR Jimmy Richmond, who gave us a five star review this week. Um, if anyone wants to, you know, give us those five star reviews, we're happy to you know, give you a shout out on the episode. So, anyone else, just send it through, and, and I'll shout you out. Yeah, good on you, Jimmy. I, like I, th- I thought you were actually going to say, if anyone wants to submit five star reviews, uh, yeah, we'll take them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> remember the shout out version, which is probably better. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know that. That's that's very nice of him. Good on you, JR. More news, let's go. NFL news, there's plenty of it. It's all happening here at the moment at the MCG. And um, we'll start off with just some very strange news that came out a couple of days ago with the old Calvin Ridley. Mm. Calvin the punter Ridley is uh, put mm. down here. Ricky um, punting. You took a bit of a trade for him as well, mate. Well, took traded him away. I'm going to talk us through what happened here, mate. Yeah, I think it went like, oh, I've got a trade for Calvin Ridley, sent it to the... Send it to you guys, and you was, had responded within one second. Why have you not accepted this already? <laughs> <laughs> so what was it? It was uh, Ridley for the 209 and the 403. This yeah, year. I think um, it took me a bit of, like, not too long, but it was one of those ones where you're just like, oh, that, I just see the first news of that he's suspended for the year. And it's like, well, I had to just, you know, read my, my articles from, you know, trusted sources and be like, what's actually, what's happening here? Is it one of those punishments that looks like it's not going to stand or... Is he going to get, you know, an appeal and only get like a three-match suspension? But it looks pretty set in stone that he's, he's done for the year. So at that point, um, like I think Chris put it a good way, being 30 years old, hasn't played in two years. Um, it's a lot older than um, 
Josh Gordon was when he came back and he hasn't really, you know, come back to the league really that great. So you can't be banking on him. And I think for me, my team's not going to be... I'm hoping to make a push within this season or next season. I can't, I can't afford to dangle this season and end up worse. And I needed to, like, cut my losses and take uh, those two picks for this year's draft and hopefully have a chance of hitting on something there. It's another one of those cases, right, where you... Um... You can't sell Calvin Ridley to everyone, but you can probably sell those picks to people much easier. So, yeah, it's a bit of a... That's exactly what I thought about Calvin Ridley. um, He wasn't young when he came into the league. He wasn't showing great things for lots of teams to be going after him, just sort of walking away from football in the middle of the year for whatever reason it is. It's going to make coaches, you know, wonder what's going on and then... To have done that during that just shows a lot, complete lack of di- discipline. So he's only going to be on a few teams' boards when he comes back from the suspension, and then on top of that, he's getting older. He hasn't played for two years. It's 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 unlikely that he's going to come back and be what he was. Yeah, disappointing because he was showing all signs of being an absolute gun, and you know, mm-hmm. two years off absolutely ruined him. So bit of a shame, but what do you do? Um, yeah, I love his his tweet that he only bet fifteen hundred bucks, but. Lost cost 10 mil. Him, cost himself millions. So, yeah, good, <laughs> great decision. Great decision. But uh, what do you do? Uh, and then today's big news. There was there was tons of it, actually. Um, woke up to my phone just with 740,000 notifications. Everyone was chatting about this uh, big move the Denver Broncos made. They um, actually, uh, you as you, you wanted to bring this one up because it's your favourite moment of yeah, the day, actually. Pretty huge um, trading trading away Drew Locke to the, to the Seattle Seahawks. Massive news. For, for both teams there um, obviously everyone that's listening to this knows that it was also involving Russell Wilson, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris and a whole bunch of picks but um, yeah pretty pretty big news for uh, everyone involved isn't it? Lots of fantasy implications so um, yeah. Poyt is the resident Denver yep. Broncos fan how did you feel when they said we're trading away Drew Locke? Oh I think if I had to be honest, it's like a super flex trade, right? If you're going to trade a quarterback, you always want to, even if it's not the same level of quarterback, you want to get one back just in case there's a hit, right? You don't want to be losing. You've got to start one, That's right, ex- one week, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so this is that type of move. I think, I don't know, it's pretty good for the Broncos, even though they give up a couple of first rounders. Russell Wilson's still got a little bit of, you know, tread on the tire in terms of age, age left. Um, he doesn't have the, uh, you know, pending court case that someone like a Deshaun Watson has. I loved seeing today someone say, oh, this was set the benchmark for quarterback trades, imagine that the whole Wilson's going to go for it. And it's like, but Wilson has, I mean, uh, Watson, he's got the, the drama, right? Is he really going to go for, mm. are they going to pay more picks for a guy that's just um, sat out a year and been legal action where Russell Wilson's like the good boy of the league? Of course he's going to get uh, good offers yeah. going around. But I mean, look, for the Broncos, it's probably something that they need to do. Like they can't, they probably weren't really attracting any more great free agents without a, a quarterback and gives them a chance to now say, oh, look, we've got the, the quarterback now before free agency hits and then yeah, maybe we lose some draft picks but maybe we're in a position to sort of, you know, sign some guys that probably might not have looked to come here um, considering they weren't confident it was a, you know, a contending team. Uh, but now there's, there's an opportunity they, they, you know, open more doors with players to... You're talking about on. Von Miller, right? Yeah, I think... I, I'm <laughs> talking about Von Miller here. Yeah, bringing him you back. reckon I mean, he'll come tr- back? Oh, I, I think there's a good chance. I don't know whether he wants to what he wants to do. I think it's either stay at the Rams or a good chance that he'll come back to the Broncos. I don't think he's going to go play for it for another team. 
No. Yeah, big news. Big news waking up to this one. It's um, just think fantasy implications. You know, the the first my first reaction was well, Tyler Lockett. He had a really really good connection with Russell Wilson. What do you do with him? Do you try and move him straight away, or do you kind of hold on and hope that he makes some connection with whoever the quarterback's going to be next year? Um, you as you or also the DK Metcalf owner. What are your thoughts on the wide receiver core now in Seattle? Yeah, I mean it's obviously some level of a hit. I think one of the reasons that Seattle, I mean, there's, there's multiple reasons. One of them's that the way Russell Wilson plays um, that makes these guys pretty successful because doesn't they don't need the volume. They just have to hit on that one play and it's a 65-yard touchdown or something like that. Yeah. And you, your fantasy week's done. So I think a little bit of that ceiling is, is gone for both players. I think probably hits Lockett a little bit harder because he's not sort of that... Yeah, I, I just don't think anyone expected it out of Lockett and he's only really done it with Russ so yeah what what's going to happen there whereas I think that Metcalf is a bit more of a prototypical you know um, alpha wide receiver and he's he can do a bit more he's not just a, a deep threat he's he's big he's a big target he's a nice sort of safety blanket you saw that a bit with Geno Smith when he was allowed to throw the ball occasionally and um yeah, I think that he can succeed, particularly with a rookie who's looking for someone that's that's going to make a play for him. Um, he's big, he's fast. That's that's what you want for a quarterback. So interesting to see. I guess Drew Locke does like to take chances down the field. So if he's playing there, maybe maybe it won't change him at all. But you'll just have more interceptions. Um, who knows? But also some. Oh, sorry. Yeah, probably a hit for both. Yep. Also, some news that I just was reading before. Um, they've, they've traded for pick nine, essentially. Um, so there's yep. maybe some, some rumours were coming out that maybe they fell in love with the quarterback at the Combine. Yep. Um, so look, let's see what happens in that draft. See what the, the Seattle now, are, I'm going to call them a quarterback needy team. So, um, you know, Drew, look, I don't think CNT might be a nice Definitely bridge not. For, for one year. But, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what Seattle do in the draft now, that's for sure. It's, it's nice because, you know, we've been... I'm sitting here as a Cardinals fan thinking every time we play Russell Wilson, I'm like, Jesus, here we go again. It's Russell Wilson. He's shredded us for a few years. Now he's gone. So, um, yeah, I suppose for Cardinals fans, it's good. (laughs) He's not going to torture us for the next five years. But, um, yeah, just thinking um, Denver land as well here. You know, you've got plenty of weapons there. Sutton, Judy, um, Albert O now is (coughs) the tight end one there. Um, That's an interesting one. But um... Yeah, is Albert O a winner here, do you think, or...? I mean, I'm not sure that Russ loves a tight end, um, particularly. I guess he had Jimmy Graham um, do pretty well, but then other times he he doesn't. He's a bit. It's a bit hard to tell, but yeah, I, I do think that there's always a Seattle Seahawks tight end that's kind of relevant and can have splash weeks. So I think yeah, tight end dependent definitely. I mean, touchdown dependent. Yeah, touchdown dependent, but like um, yeah, a bit of a streamer. Dart throw. All right, I'll throw one more question before we move on from this. Uh, Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy, Peter? Which Cortland one would Sutton. you prefer from this? <laughs> Cortland Sutton. Oh, I th- yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, t- I'm torn. I think both have a good opportunity here. Um, I saw a good tweet that's like, oh, people are going to be arguing about which um, Denver wide receiver is the, the one between Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, and then it's going to end up that they're going to be wide receiver. No, it's going to be there. It'll be wide receiver 14 versus wide receiver 15 on the season. Like, the two yeah. guys are probably going to be very similar. Uh, 
Could they'll be both anything. get like 900 yards and 10 touchdowns each or something. Probably. So, I mean, they could get 1,000 yards each and yeah. just sit there. Depends yeah. what it is. I think on, on the Seattle side of things, I think Tyler Lockett's just, his age is the thing that makes him hit yeah. worse by this. Like, at the moment, you had him and you're probably hoping that he was staying there with Russell Wilson and be, you know, a win now piece. But all of a sudden, he's ticking 30 and um, no one's going to want it. Like, you, you won't be able to work. You could trade Calvin Ridley for a 209 and a. Four or three. I don't think people are going to be offering around much better than that for uh, Tyler Lockett now. Mm. Like, and which is like weird because Tyler Lockett's still playing. Calvin Ridley's out for another year, but the how it's just looked at is just completely strange. All right, that's uh, that's that big trade done. Just so, um, just in case you did miss the the actual details, Russell Wilson in the twenty twenty two fourth. Uh, to Denver for Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, and two first-rounders and two second-rounders uh, for the next two years. So it's kind of all in, really, from, from Denver, um, kind of giving up their, their future. Uh, I guess for, for they, strong quarterback. they have an extra second. So I think they've still got a second this year. Could still be next year. Can't remember. Two, two seconds. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's not that crazy a hit, a first and a second and some... You know, Fant wasn't really working out. Shelby Harris is a defensive lineman. He's a good player, but he's not like a, you know, game-changing. Like, Seattle didn't get back a difference maker as a player. They just got dart throws, is is what I think is where maybe Denver's won a little bit. They haven't... Yeah, it's not like they got back Patrick Chatain or something, or Bradley Chubb. Um, One of those players in the... The position that um, is a is a difference making position in, uh, yeah, in NFL football. Yeah, gonna be interesting. Looking forward to see what Seattle do in this draft now. It's um, a bit of a rebuild for them too, I guess. But anyways, let's move on from that. I've had enough of that crap. Uh, this was kind of a relief to me because I thought this might have been dragged out a little bit longer than what it was. But it was Aaron Rodgers coming along. Resigning it to Green Bay as we kind of expected. Four years, two hundred million dollars. That's a lot of money. One hundred fifty-three million of that is guaranteed. Uh, I think my original thought was, thank God we didn't have to put up with the. Oh, is he going to do this? Oh, is he going to do that? Um, it was just kind of quick and and, and clean. So, uh, what do you guys think about this? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Oh, sorry, Peter. Go on. Wait, is it really clean? I don't know. Aaron Rodgers came out and tweeted saying he hasn't signed anything yet. Oh Jesus Christ! Really. Yeah. He only got his so, 20 minutes of fame before Russell Wilson went and broke the internet immediately. So like, oh, hang on. No, never mind. <laughs> Jokes. So I, think he, I think he came out and said he got, he's, he's going to stay in Green Bay and he's got the offer, but he hasn't actually signed it yet. I've got a post here saying uh, Aaron <coughs> Rodgers confirms he resigned at the Packers. Surely. Please, for the oh, love man. of God. Yes, I'll be playing with the Packers next year, Rodgers said in a tweet. However, reports about me signing a contract are inaccurate. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> See? Here we, Here we go again. Bloody hell. Well, at least that was the report. It was $200 million. Uh, that's yeah. a fair bit of way. Fair bit of change. Um, so, yeah, he's done all right. And uh, we'll talk about franchise tagging in a minute. But Devontae Adams is also staying in Green Bay. He's been franchise tagged. So, those two, by the looks of it, and all reports are that they're back in Green Bay for the next couple of years. So, I suppose good the next year at least. Good news for the, the Rogers owners in Dynasty Land, I guess, you know. Oh, man. When I woke up this morning, this is the first thing I saw on my phone, and it's like Rogers re-signs with Green Bay as the notification, and it was just like, oh. So I've just got that um, Dylan, Aaron Jones, and, and just traded for Devontae Adams in one team, and I was just like, 
if Aaron Rodgers goes, it's just hit so many of my assets, and it, that's <laughs> oh, such a yeah. relief for me. If he retired, it would have like after you've had the the Ridley news, um, now the Russell Wilson trade. Um, that league, who else? Uh, I have Amari Cooper's Cooper, also going to get cut. Mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley, who's suspended for a year. DK Metcalf, whose quarterback got traded. If it was Devontae Adams, and it was just like, oh, the one bright bit of light for me. But yeah, if if he'd retired, I would have died. I don't know. <laughs> if he retired, you would have retired. Yep. Yep. Good fun. But yeah, no, he's resigned. Um, yeah, I don't think we need to report too much on this. It's kind of whatever unexpected. So good news for Green Bay, I guess. Um, bad news for anyone in the NFC. Uh, fantasy relevant franchise tagging. We're going to talk about here. Who cares about the? Well, there are some like the the Chiefs. Um, tagged what's his name on the O-line that's probably a good thing for them but uh, a couple of I think um, the uh, the NFL's kind of catching on to the Seamos vibe and just uh, everyone's in love with the tight end at the moment because mm. all of them are being tagged Browns went David and Joku tagged I thought that was a bit strange did anyone else think that was strange that they went with yeah David? I thought that was a little bit I think they like I think also though, right? yeah. the way they want to play um, using the tight end a fair bit they've got Harrison Bryant Hooper would still be under contract for another year at least and, you know, get him in there. They'd like to use him to block a bit as well as receivers. So I think they, they have different roles for all three of them and they, they just wanted to keep going with that. And without a wide receiver, he, when they don't have a wide receiver, they kind of throw to him a bit more. So maybe they're going to use him a bit more out of the slot and stuff like that. It's just really strange that they tagged a dude who plays on average like 60% of snaps. Mm. I found that really odd. Um, Might just be a cheap way to get him, I don't know. Yeah, one of the things I was going to say was the tight end tag price is probably not as crazy as other positions. Um, So you might be paying him a bit, but it's not, I don't mean, it's not going to be like $20 million, it's around $10 million a year, which, I mean, although it's probably a bit, it's not like having to give him a long term contract. The first thing I found is $10.9 million, but I don't know if that's accurate, so. We'll see. But, um, I think it's around that because I on the on the um, Dolphins taking Mike Gusecki, I saw I was it was interesting that there was I think it was a bit of a joke between people tweeting saying oh he wants the wide receiver tag not the uh, the tight end tag because he doesn't play uh, you know very much in line uh, he doesn't do a lot of blocking. You can tag me with a quarterback tag for next year. Yeah, but uh, definitely a franchise quarterback. Yeah, ten point nine million for a tight end. That's um that's pretty high. I wasn't expecting yeah, that much. That's a decent a bit lower than that to be honest. Um, yeah, so as you just said, uh, Mike Kosicki also got the tag. Dalton Schultz also got the tag for the Cowboys. Um, so, yeah, three tight ends got the big big franchise tag put on them. And then we said, yeah, as we said, Devontae Adams for Green Bay and Chris Goblin. Tampa Bay tagged him despite the injury, but I suppose, you know, he's been very, very solid for them for the last couple of years and wanted to yeah. lock him in, which is fair enough. Um, so, yeah, it's all happening in, uh, I suppose, re-signing land at the moment, these franchise tags. So uh, anything we want to add on those kind of dudes or... I think Gasecki surprised me a little bit. I wasn't sure if they were going to keep him, but yeah, a bit of news obviously about it. not happy to pick up a new contract on him. They want to see how he goes for one more year. Yep. Um, so yeah, moves being made in, in Miami land, I think, in free agency. They've got a lot of cap space, right? So they're yep. going to go out and make a splash. So interesting to see what they do. I, I'm liking to look at the Dolphins next year, to be honest, but um, see what happens in this free agent group. Peter, anything else you want to add on those well, words? I was going to say, I, I like the Schultz one as much. Yeah. Um, mainly because he came from, you know, he was, you know, waiver wire pickup guy and now franchise tag with one of the best offenses in the league. Um, if you had this guy, you probably got him for dirt cheap, but now you, you're ensuring that he stayed in Dallas. Uh, he had, if he, if he leaves Dallas, his situation is not getting better. There's no, yeah. 
um, you get out. So it's a, it's a good win to keep him. If you own Dom Schultz, Schultz to see him tagged and staying in Dallas. Yeah, and I think um, Jarwin, he's facing, he's got a hip injury, and I think there's rumours that he might even miss the whole year, like it's that bad sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, heard, I think I read that just before when I was looking at these franchise tags. That, yeah, he was in a bit of strife for this year. So You've got a Google alert set and, up for Blake Jarwin, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I did from two years ago, and I just haven't turned it off, so yeah, a bit of a shame. <laughs> but yeah, look, plenty of news coming, and I think when does free agency open? It's opening like next week or something by the time we get on air, probably. Um, yeah, it's, it'd be single-digit days. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I can't even remember. I'm trying to Google it while I'm doing things, but it's just not happening for us. March 16th. So there, we're just after we do our podcast, that's so a bit of shit, but we might have to put our podcast a day, a day back, so we've got all the news to talk about. Um, but yeah, look, we'll, we'll break down some combine stuff now, boys. What do you reckon? How much of the combine did you watch out of the forty-two hours of footage there was? A forty-two billion hours, of, probably. Oh, it's crazy how long it goes for. Probably twelve. Jeez, that's a lot, actually. <laughs> I'm like not actively sitting down watching it, but it was on in the background. Yeah. Yep. All right, so let's let's talk about these guys. We're, we're kind of just put the running backs and wide receivers on here. Obviously, we've spent a time. Spent a lot of time, I should say, uh, looking at running backs over the last kind of 10 weeks. Uh, we're about to start our breakdown of wide receivers over the next few weeks, so this kind of makes it interesting or easier because we all have the 40 times and the verts and all that kind of stuff, so um, that does definitely help. But we'll talk about some winners, we'll talk about some losers, but um, let's talk about some players that kind of uh, excelled in a few of these drills, first of all, because um, i tell you what, it was a bloody fast group of players this year, right? Yeah, overall speed was wild. Um just everybody running like how many wide receivers ran under 4-4 it was an absurd number there was nine players under 4-4 in the wide receivers and there was six in the running backs yeah crazy it's crazy yeah but let's let's talk about 40 times just for these running backs first of all just some notable ones that we kind of uh as we we kind of broke down some of this tape we we thought oh yeah it'd be interesting to see where these dudes um stacked up i guess when the 40s broke uh, and look, let's start with the fastest. Yeah, it was Pierre Strong. Everyone had him on their radar, right? It's like a top three running back. Yeah. Um, look at his stats. He, he has some decent stats at South Dakota State. Uh, but, I mean, he wasn't sort of there before. Is he going to really change in your rankings if you didn't have him there before? No, I didn't even know about him until the combine, if I'm being honest with you. We think, if I'm looking at him now, his first on player profile, they have his first year. He was age 21, so he might have been a little bit of an older player coming through the college system. And not when another seven running backs or something ran with within five hundredths of a second of that time. Like it's not like he ran a four two and everyone else ran a four five. It's it's just sort of the same as some of the the other big names that we'll talk about in a sec. All right. Well, yeah. I suppose the big performer of the combine, Brees Hall. Everyone was looking to see how he'd stack up, and really. You know, we, Isaiah Spiller didn't run the 40. If Brees Hall didn't run the 40, it would have been just like, oh, well, he's still probably going to be RB1. But then he came out and he ran a 4.39, which is probably faster than a lot of people expected. Um, and, you know, even with his stats on the rest of the combine as well, he just absolutely shredded it. And if he's not your running back one coming out, I think you're a bit broken with your analytics because he's just an absolute beast. Um, so, yeah, Kenneth Walker, 4.38, Brees Hall, 4.39. Those are our kind of running back one and two. Any surprises there? Do you think they ran faster than you thought or was that kind of just what you are expecting? I think everyone, except for uh, one that we'll get to in a minute, jump uh, ran faster than I expected them to. I didn't think they were going to be that fast. And like James Cook, I didn't see any speed from him really in 4.42 and 
Kenneth Walker, I thought maybe a little fast, but not four three eight. Like these are all great times, so um, plenty of speed. Zamir White ran a four four as well, four four flat. That's pretty good. Uh, Peter, go I on. think we expected him to do that. As yeah, a I expected him to be the fastest. Yeah, I see, yeah, that's that was my kind of point. I thought he'd be faster than Walker and Hall, but they um, they beat him by a I mean, huge it's, margin. Yeah, it's not. not, not the, the thing is, this they're all they're all fairly close, like yeah. in that Spurs top area. But I do think, um, like for Spiller, it's it's hard for him to not have run. I mean, to not put himself in this contention with those names, seeing him not run, um, is a bit interesting. Yeah, it makes me question whether he thinks he would have damaged his stock, or if he thinks, oh, no, I'll just leave what I've done on the tape." And I suppose Pro Day's coming up, right? They'll maybe do something there. Pro Day's coming up. Maybe yeah, yeah, they'll come up. They're a while, hey. They're, a, they're all over the place, depending yeah, on where the yeah. college is. Um, I think it's interesting you put here that Elijah Mitchell was the, the fastest from last year at 4.38. And everyone sort of talks about him as being the speedy guy that was super successful in mm. San Francisco. But um, I kind of was thinking there wouldn't be anyone like this. And then half the bloody class comes out and runs as fast as him. So That's, that's why I put it there. I was like, this is last year's fastest. I think the rest of them were kind of a fair way back. Whereas Kenneth Walker ran the same, and we kind of weren't expecting that pace from him. So, yeah, it's good, good news for him. But I guess maybe because nobody looked faster than anyone else, we just assumed they were all slow. But <laughs> in fact, they were all super quick. Yeah, yeah. That James Cook one you said before that um, impressed me. Did did he beat Dalvin? He beat him by a little bit. Yeah, uh, he's a bit lighter. The smaller. whole yeah, the whole coverage was like, oh, he's gonna beat him. He's gonna beat him. And then the first run, it was unofficially. It was like point zero one slower than him or something. And yeah. He's beaten him by a fair bit. But, uh, yeah, the, the one you mentioned just before, the slower-than-we-thought guy, Kyron Williams, might. Might. 4.65. Uh, he was the slowest running back on the day. Um, he is much, much slower than I reckon he looks when he's playing. Um, I was disappointed to see it. He's kind of slid down maybe one or two spots in my rankings now. Uh, but, yeah, he did not have a good day, Kyron Williams. Thoughts on, on him immediately? No, I. one of my thoughts was... A highlight moment, I guess, from the um, the whole combine was watching some of these defensive tackles run, and you watch um, Jordan Davis at at 340 pounds run what was a four seven or something like that. It's only less than a a tenth of a second slower than Kyron Williams. I, I just can't wait to see the defensive tackle turn around and chase down Kyron Williams with the ball and bring him down like DK Metcalf to. Um, Buda Baker. I think that's going to be the best moment of this season. <laughs> do we overreact, or do we? Do you think it's worth reacting to this and saying no? He needs to fall down your rankings big time, or is it let the tape speak for itself? And you know, he looked good on tape. Do we just let that kind of guide our our rankings of him, or do you think that this is enough to that he's going to fall kind of in the draft, the actual NFL draft? He might fall down into the fourth, fifth round, kind of even later. So how, how do you approach this with this news? You're looking at him as like a pass-catching back, and I think from that kind of back, maybe you want like a bit of a home run hitter, and not having the speed is, is a bit of a worry. Um, I'm not sure that we should necessarily react purely to these numbers as a fantasy community so much, but what what my thing for these guys is like, you know, this this time it doesn't matter. Right, you've seen his tapes, you've seen his his stats. That's that's what he has to offer. But if a team sees four six five from a running back, they're like, well, he's slow. Mm. And when everyone else blazed, 
and he didn't, that's a, a huge red flag for teams. That's going to push him down. And draft capital absolutely matters for how much time they're going to get on the field, how likely they are to beat out other guys, um, particularly early on. So I think that you're going it, to... It's a bit of a worry. It might move him down because I expect him to be drafted a little later than maybe I thought he was going to be. Petey, what are your thoughts, mate? Do you, I think, do you agree? Or? Yeah, I'm agreeing with Chris there. I think that if for a pass-catching back that's a little bit slow, that doesn't have that you know, top-end speed that makes him electric... Uh, is this something you're really going to take early on when there's so many other players you need to build, especially running back? It's such a replaceable position. I think the fact that he doesn't have speed doesn't mean teams are going to fall in like fully in love with him to take him early, and just puts him in that pool of could go late fourth round, could go fourth round, or could end up in sixth round. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's and I think that like the further back it goes, the less likely the team's going to feature them uh, as much, I guess. But I guess it's just, it's for me. It's if you look at it last year, we could say the same thing. Uh, we're the reverse. Like Elijah Mitchell had the fastest time, but he wasn't drafted to the sixth round. So maybe it's not. You, you got to look at them both ways. Uh, the tape outweighs for some people, and, and the numbers mean something. But I think uh, just for me, if he came out and, and really blew it away, really would have solidified his stock, as opposed to now it's sort of putting you a question mark on it. As opposed to, and less more of a question mark and less of a write off. Like I'm not writing him off. It's more like where if I was prepared to take him at a certain point before, maybe I'm sliding it back a little bit and looking at a different option there. I'm not as guaranteedly sold. Fair enough. Um, yeah, well, look, we'll just see what happens, I guess. Uh, I think, yeah, no, keep an eye on his pro day and see how he goes there. But, uh, yeah, he, he took a bit of a stock down for me, I think. Um, if, Spiller had, if Spiller had run and done a few more things, then, you know, I would have no doubt put him above him, but I'm still kind of questioning... I'll have a look at my rankings a little bit later and see where everyone falls before I readjust them all. But um, yeah, you got to react to Kyron Williams as well. Like five nine one ninety four, so he's a small mm. running back. You expect small running backs to be fast. Like they need to be fast. That's how yeah, they're going to sure. win. So he can't. He's not winning with size and he's not winning with speed. But then you know you watch that touchdown against North Carolina and he just ran away from him. Like, you know, it just looks like he plays a bit faster. So unless the North Carolina defensive backs are just extremely slow. Like, their safety <laughs> was coming up from behind and he didn't catch him. So, um, yeah, I'll have to... So, I don't even know who those safeties are and whatnot, but they just didn't catch him. So, usually the safeties are pretty bloody quick. But uh, this Maybe he's having a bad day. Yeah, maybe he's just had a, ba- a, a big breakfast or something or, you know, it was too late in the night. He's usually asleep or something. Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll look for his... Well, that's what I'm he's not going to overreact well. yet, right? Yeah. 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 But I think that's the same thing with... I mean, it could be for Spiller, right? Same story. He didn't, he didn't run, so he's not given a number. We're sort of like, why didn't he run? Mm. Maybe it was a bit tight. Maybe he, maybe tactically he thought he wasn't going to perform. Uh, in like at the time, he wasn't ready to put up like the four point four number. He was gonna. Mm. He was worried of hitting a low one. So mm. buy himself some more time. Run at the pro day only. So you only give them uh, a four point four, like type thing instead of instead of having two scores. Uh, but. It's also not a good, I think, team... It, NFL teams will look at it if he, if he comes out there and it wasn't an injury or anything like that, be like, well, he wasn't prepared for the combine like the other players. How's he going to be prepared for the NFL? We, we can't... You don't always get two weeks more mm. to catch up, right? You can't just say, I've had a bad breakfast, I'm not going to play today. It's, yeah. You get on the field or you're, you're gone. So, uh, yeah, look, I, I'm not going to overreact yet, but it's it's not a good sign. Um one, one more we'll mention, I guess, uh, or a couple more. Brian Robinson ran a 4.53. That's probably what I expected, actually. Um, not exactly a stellar speed kind of guy, but um, 
yeah, look, it's still decent. Tyler Hours, yeah, 4.6 was maybe a bit slower than what the hype of building around Tyler Hours, yeah, was. But, um, yeah, look, once again, once they landed their NFL spots and they do their pro days and stuff, all this kind of stuff can change. So, um, obviously, with the Combine, how the way it is now, sitting in uh, prime time land and they've kind of merged all of the activities on the same day as opposed to you doing the bench and the 40 on different days. I think it used to be not many people did the bench, only six guys um, pushed out some some weight uh, and Hassan Haskin proved he was very strong. He just turned up, did the bench and left by the looks of it because he didn't do anything else. Uh, but he, he put 27 reps out on the bench. That was pretty impressive for, for Hassan Haskins, whether it's moved the needle for him, I don't know, but I suppose you can now say that I'm a pretty strong dude. <laughs> Your thoughts on that? Nothing? <laughs> Oh, sorry. The dog's just gone mental because All right, well, I'll just keep talking to myself because uh, Poyd has muted himself. So, nah, vertical I, I jump. Can... <laughs> I can come back Go on. on. All right, beautiful. Oh, what, was, uh, what was your question? Hit me. I didn't actually have a question. I was just saying oh. Hassan Haskins pushed out 27 on the bench. Are you impressed? I knew he was strong. That's what it was. <laughs> Good fun. All right, vertical I, jump. I, That's I, one thing I do look at at the vert and the broad jump. Pete, you're just going to say something. Just say, what, what uh, do you want to say? I was going to say I knew he was strong before Chris knew he was strong. <laughs> you saw the bench before Chris saw the bench. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so the, the the jumping, vertical and broad. Um, look, you're going to hear Brees Hall's name quite a bit because he's an absolute unit, but he topped the vertical jump and he was third for the broad. Uh, he topped it with 40 inches uh, and then had a 10.6 broad jump as well, which is pretty strong. Uh, it's... <laughs> Look, not much you can take out of these, I guess, apart from maybe there's a bit more explosiveness from from one to the other. Uh, just we'll talk through the kind of top guys. Brees Hall, 40 inches. Rashad White was 38 inches, so pretty solid from him. Kenneth Walker, 34 inches. Kyron Williams, 32 inches. So that kind of you know showed he, he still did have a bit of explosiveness, yep. whether it's just the long speed that's a problem. Brian Robinson and Isaiah Spiller both had 30-inch uh, verts. And, and you're going to look into the broad jump, and Isaiah Spiller was kind of a fair way down. Um, Jerry and Ely topped the broad jump with 10 foot. Uh, 10 foot 8 inches not that we know who he was but Samir White was up there as well 10 foot 8 inches and then Brees Hall again 10 foot 6 um, coming in at third position and then Rashad White again um, showing fair bit of explosiveness at 10 foot 5 inch James Cook 10 foot 4 inches he had a good combine James Cook I'm, I'm liking him Kenneth Walker 10 foot 2 Kyron Williams 9 foot, 9 foot 8 and then Isaiah Spiller 9 foot 6 so he's, he's kind of back there I would spill us. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what he pushes out for a 40 in his pro day if he does. Um, anything you, you guys take from looking at vertical and, and broad jump, Petey? You take any information from this oh, or you just kind of look at the stats? I think it's yeah. more about how that how they all sort of fell together, right? Uh, were you too far behind the pack uh, or you sort of, you know, sort of sitting around there? I think and the key thing is when Brees Hall performed well in the 40, he performs well uh, in the vertical and he performed... Uh, well again in the broad jump which just means you know he's athletic right it's ticket there's no there's no weakness to his athleticism in that regard um i think that's the same thing you see james cook sort of appear uh but there's all these these guys that we've sort of covered the last couple of times um they're sort of sitting around there i think that uh it's sort of for me when i like, I like to sit down and just take a look at um you know where's the medium and, and where do they perform above the average type thing and see how like what's excessive at the top and and what sort of did they really underperform or was it just an elite performance at the top that was a bit of a standout? It's, it's funny. You, you listen back to a lot of people talking about Combrine and doing their review and winners and losers and they always say, oh, you know, Brees Hall, we weren't expecting him to be this athletic. I'm like, what are you... What were you watching? I don't know. I just... I don't quite get it. We, we always saw, you know, he was a, an absolute workhorse 
uh, for two two successive years, he was, you know, just gobbling up yards. And then they're like, oh yeah, he's pretty athletic, hey? Just because you know we're seeing it now with you know his broad jump and stuff like that. I don't know, don't know, don't know what I'm missing. But anyway, um, anything you as you want to add on the the jumps? I was going to say like it's not specifically about the jumps, but I, yeah, like Pete said, you can kind of see you know Breesall ran a good forty, also jumped well in both. Um, Isaiah Spiller didn't jump well in either and then didn't run the 40. Mm. I think that says even more about like, oh, he he wasn't ready. He should have done nothing, he not just chose one. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's it's intriguing. We'll watch what happens with him in his pro day. Let's let's talk some wide receivers. We're getting on in time here. Uh, talk some wide receivers. Nine players went under the 4-4 four, four in the 40-yard dash, which is pretty damn impressive. Um, we had the fastest time unofficially, but then it was put down almost by a second it feels like i don't know what was what was doing with the uh the tv times but it was absolutely nowhere near it i think originally it was what like a 4.19 or something crazy and then he dropped down to this is uh Tycoon thornton was the fastest this this year with the 428 official time but i don't know what was going on with that timer you reckon he was just a bit like drunk or something or he's had one of your two and a half strength beers pointer yeah i think it was his first go at it or something they've changed timers and he just wasn't ready. He just wasn't ready. <laughs> so some big names we, we, here. We'll look at their speeds. Garrett Wilson. Oh, go on. No, I was going to say, we didn't we discuss last week Speedy about mate. how when, when we did our 40s, uh, Gerg timed it and he was so far off. Oh, Maybe it was Gerg. <laughs> Gerg was the timer. Gerg sitting on the sideline doing these. Yeah, right. We might have to reach out to Gerg and see if that was in fact true. Wouldn't surprise me. He's everywhere. Yeah, he normally reaches out to us, but he hasn't in a while, so he's probably been busy timing 40s at the combine. Maybe he's just reached the big time and he thought well, he's too good to reach out to the Steve Session Dynasty podcast. Yep. Who knows? All right, so yeah, big names. Let's look at their 40 times. Garrett Wilson uh, had a good day. 4.38 seconds in the 40. Uh, Chris Olave, your, your guy, you was by the seam of it. Uh, 439, yep. so pretty buddy quick. Sky Love Moore, it. sky's the limit for that guy. Uh, 4.41, George Pickens, 4.47. Traylon Burks, 4.55. Let's go to him first of all, because I was expecting probably a little bit quicker from him. Um, Petey, start us off, mate, while you're here. Uh, what did you think about Traylon Burks? Day overall and his 40 time. I mean, I think he was hyped up to be a super performer and the one that was to watch early on or having elite numbers and it sort of just it sat a little bit back of the average mark for me um, for him he didn't really put up the big time there in, in the 40 or even in the uh, what did he have in the the next one the vertical jump when did he see it he's 33 inches which is a, a fair way off he was seven six inches back, off the, yeah, yeah um, and then you come down to the, the broad jump and, and just he's down the bottom again 10 foot 2 inches so it sort of it sort of sits in more as a uh, what he was profiled as sort of being Leno had a good production in college but it was also like a lot of the hype was about his athleticism and and he came here to compete against the other athletes and it sort of didn't didn't go to show that he was that elite athlete compared to the rest so um, I don't know it sort of has that sort of DK Metcalf vibe coming in and now it's probably moving to like I'm trying to think of another big body receiver that that didn't perform on the combine without using Denzel Mims. <laughs> Just say Denzel I Mims. At, I looked at a lot of um, big-bodied receivers that are, like, pretty good. Oh, my God, this dog. And um, Mike Evans and, and guys like that um, that are big guys, Keenan Allen, and a lot of those kind of players um, that are that are a bit tall, a bit heavier, were running sort of like that 5-5-5-plus um, five, five, five sort of 
559, 5'6". So it wasn't that crazy. 459. What? I'm so confused. 459, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're running our speeds. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess it's... You've got to remember that he is significantly larger than the majority of these wide receivers. I think Christian Watson is the one that you probably look at and, and think, oh, geez, he did that at 6'4", 208. Um, I know that's a, a fair bit lighter, but he, he's pretty tall, and most of the time being tall is not um, not helpful for, the, for your athleticism in general. So mm-hmm. um, I think it, it's disappointing... And I, I think there's a lot of people saying if you, you know, I can't I can't say how much the 40 time doesn't matter. I don't care. His tape is good. He's, but like if, if you're going out there and laughing at coaches for not taking analytics on board, this is this is an analytic. These these things are players on a level playing field competing against each other. So you're billing him as this, this superstar speed and size guy and he's he's pretty fast like he's he's definitely fast enough to play in the NFL but he's not this super athlete that everyone built him as I think is my takeaway from it yeah and no, I, I put down here quite a bit of the time Jamar Chase like everyone obviously you know he's a bit of a freak and um, he was touted as the the dude last year right um, and now this year it's Traylon Burks and I was just like I'll throw I'll throw the um the stats up against it and see how he stacked up against obviously Jamar Chase a little bit lighter um, but he ran a 4.39 for 40. Uh, he vertical jumped 41 inches in comparison to Traylon Burks' 33, and then 11-foot broad jump as opposed to 10-foot two. So it was 4.39 versus 4.55. So, you know, he was the wide receiver one last year. Burks is apparently what was touted to be the wide receiver one this year. Uh, it doesn't quite stack up to Jamar Chase's kind of stats at the moment. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I, don't, I don't actually yeah. know who I, who I would... Is, is he your wide receiver one, Traylon Burks, or is it... Uh, Garrett Wilson, or is it your mate Chris Olave? Yeah, hey, Chris Olave, definitely. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Who's your wide receiver one, boys, at the moment, just just based off all of the stuff we we know so far um, and this combine? Petey? You got a, okay, you got a I'll go Garrett Wilson. Just, just off the combine. Yep. Yeah, I think Garrett Wilson's looking pretty pretty hot for me. So, yeah. Yeah, stock's trending up. I said Garrett Wilson the other day in our chat. Um, I'll stick with it for now. Uh, until we watch some more tape and I, I probably fall in love with Traylon Burks again. Um, yeah, we'll see how we go. All right, yeah, uh, look, what else? Yep, go on. I was going to say, before before we talked about the running backs, after we reviewed them all, no combine, we're like, oh, the combine's going to change this. We're on the reverse here. We started with, yeah. the, yep. with the combine, we're going to go watch some film and say, actually. And I think there's a, the same thing. There's a couple of, there's no like, I mean, Brees Hall probably worked his way to the top and, and, and sort of stayed there for us, but... There's probably these wide receiver can can chop and change depending on who you who you really like it, and then we're going to look at landing spots later and be like, that's going to another thing that could really really flip it. Yep, all pieces to the puzzle, right? And um, yeah, I think once they all fall in their spot, we're obviously going to have massive changes. If Traylon Burke lands, Traylon Burks lands in the perfect spot, and Gareth Gareth Wilson might drop to wide receiver four if he lands in a shit spot. So um, yeah, that's obviously going to. To have an effect on it. Uh, tight ends. I didn't write anything down because I uh, ran out of time and completely forgot. But we're going to do tight ends in our um, our uh, rookie analysis shows. Um, so keep an eye out for those. We'll mention all the forty times. Jelani Woods kind of stuff, is the yeah. one that made a name for himself, right? Um, yeah. Hugely athletic. I think he big stock up for him. Definitely. Um, yeah, but we'll talk about those guys when we get to them. Um, let's talk about some winners and losers. Just just take one real quick 
winner, one real quick loser each. Uh, it's pretty obvious for a couple of them, but um, we'll start with Ewers. Do you have a big winner out of this combo? It doesn't have to be, I suppose, fantasy-related, but if you want to pick some random dude that you found had a good day, have a go at it. Um, yeah, I think um, the name I'm going to throw out is Alec Pierce, um, just because he was sort of a bit of an unknown that maybe a few real big draft guys maybe talked about a little bit, and he, he put up a pretty good combine. So I think look for him to maybe climb the ladder a bit and... You know, there's always those wide receivers that get drafted in the, the third round or something ahead of somebody everyone's been talking about, and you're like, well, where did that come from? Um, yeah, I think maybe you could see that happen. The other thing I was going to say, just to, on draft combine in general, is one of the things I like to do afterwards, and I'm only just getting into it now because um, they're only just coming out, but um, listening to a heap of mock drafts right afterwards just to see where players are, are starting to fall because there's so much more that happens at the Combine than they're testing. Um, you know, interviews, teams teams get with them, they do a... a get with them. Yeah, get with them, yeah. <laughs> Spend a lot of time with them in, in a, in a private room doing oh, medical wow. tests and, um, yeah, they find out a lot Measuring of information. And, stuff, yeah, right. and, and a lot of stuff gets said behind closed doors and, and maybe it doesn't get explained, but all of a sudden this guy that was going in the first round routinely is just never picked anymore and you're like what what's going on here usually that's uh some bit of information that's floating around now that he's off teams boards or things like that so had to listen to a, a good two round one this morning um which was nice because it meant some running backs got picked um <laughs> so we had Brees hall going to miami and kenneth walker going to your cardinals chris which yeah, are sort of those those two primary um spots for running backs to go i think and and also, they had five wide receivers in the top 20, and I think nine in the or 10 in the top 50. So the, this wide receiver class looks like it's uh, well-liked by the NFL. There you go. Uh, Peter, you have any winners slash losers from this uh, combine process, mate? Yeah, I think Garrett Wilson was a big winner for me in the wide receivers. Uh, yep. He had um, he did nothing wrong, just came out, you know, performed suddenly. And sort of, you know, solidified himself there. And I think that's sometimes, although he didn't overachieve, and there was nothing that wasn't was terrible in his results. And and, and from a losing perspective, I'm really going to say Spiller. Spiller, for me, um, Chris said it perfectly before. Um, he didn't perform well in what he did test in, and he didn't test in other areas. He, he would have been better to sit out. Uh, have a question mark over it, and then just try and answer it with your pro day. But he came out, and, and I think, like, if we said he didn't run a 40, uh, but... I don't think you. If you couldn't run the forty, why would you compete in the the broad or the the other two tests? Right? If you had a, yep. I think if you're carrying an injury for the forty, it's still going to be an injury that would impact those other two tests, right? So, it's now seemed like a, a business decision that he wasn't confident with the time he was going to put up. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm just playing it logically in my head, right? I don't really know. I'm just picking some things apart. Uh, but it doesn't look good for me for for as a spiller in terms of what what he's been able to do. He looks like um, he's getting some you know a lot of red flags. Yeah, my uh, my winner. I suppose uh, you've got to call him a winner, Brees Hall. He just went out and shredded it, right? He could have damaged his stock uh, by coming out and doing pretty much every drill, but he didn't, and he's just absolutely smashed it. Um, looking at drills in particular, um, you know, just some of the, the metrics, yeah, they're good and all that kind of stuff, but I was looking at Kenneth Walker because, you know, his pass-catching resume wasn't exactly 
there, right? Um, so I went and had a look at his, his pass catching drills and how he ran routes and stuff like that. He looked pretty good. Um, his hands were fine. His route running was, was pretty solid. Uh, and I think James Cook was probably another winner for me. Um, a bit faster than, than what I thought. Uh, and he also looked nice in those drills. Loser for me, Kyron Williams. Um, I think I was mm. maybe a little bit too high on his tape. Um, I'm going to go back and watch him again just to see if there was issues with speed uh, in the long run. Um, but those those stats didn't kind of make him look good. But when he got into those drills, there's that where you got to step over the three bag thing. Uh, he looked probably the smoothest with his footwork that I saw out of the kind of 10 or 11 running backs that did it. So, um, yeah, look, what do you do? Did you watch Aiden Hutchinson do that? No. He looks unbelievably smooth doing that. I was like, wow, how is he doing that? It's like everyone else has fallen over himself and he's just like, da 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 Yeah. Turn yeah, around, go. quite a few blokes that were just a little bit... But um, <laughs> uh, Williams did look good through that drill. So, you know, there was some good things for him. There were some bad things. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how he, his pro day goes and where he lands. But, um, yeah, good fun. Oh, right, question. Um, yeah, yep, yeah. go. Um, if your name's more... Is it like a guaranteed thing that you're going to be semi decent at the NFL level? Like, try and especially for a receiver, like they're all. How many mores are there now? How many yeah. mores are there? I've got having to think of it, but more or less all of them are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, here's a fun fact for you, right? Today I was looking through the staff room, just uh, randomly, and this this kid came up to me. He's doing something for his maths. It's just, I'll get to this point in a second. And he goes, oh, sir, can you just do a quick test for me? I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. Let's let's see what we got. And he's like, all right, I just need you to stand still and jump forward as far as you can. I'm like, God, I'm in work gear. So I essentially did a broad jump today. Do you want to have a stab at what I got? Oh, six foot max. Six foot max? How dare you? I used to be a goalkeeper, mate. Give me some credit. <laughs> what do you reckon? That tore his hamstrings every time he ran. Uh. <laughs> Let's, let's go. Let's go. He's making it sound like he, he, he killed that. So I didn't let's kill go. it, but it wasn't terrible. In, okay, in go. work shoes, work gear, I did all right. Was it nine nine foot? No, Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> seven two. It was seven foot eight. That's pretty. Oh, solid that's all right. Yeah. I, I'd like to give it a red hot go in in athlete gear. We're all together on the weekend. You know what? Bring us yeah, joggers. Let's do a combine. And we'll do it. We'll do a broad and a vert. <laughs> I'm in. We won't do a forty time because Gerd can't. Can't measure it. I just Moz, just check, just check that against some um, defensive ends and the slowest yeah. defensive end. Trey Williams had eight foot eight. Oh, Jesus. Well, he was in cleats yeah, and was in you know get up underwear, I was in yeah. collared shirt and bloody chino shorts and not comfy shoes. So yeah, true. The, the punters got eight ten and uh, the long snapper eight eleven. That's pretty good, eh? Yeah. Let's check the O line. I reckon there's a punter that's going to get drafted. That bloke was dropping dimes. I don't know what his name was, but he was impressive. How about, um, I just wanted to shout out my last winner, Jordan Davis, again. He, he jumped 10 foot 3 crazy, at 341 pounds. Oh, man. I I can't believe that guy. I, I stood up when I watched him run that 40 yard. It was like the first 40 yard dash to happen. Like, he's in the first group. And I was just like, what the hell was that? <laughs> Good fun. All right, boys. Did you, did, you have a, did you have a name of the combine, like a player's name? The one that's ringing out to me was uh, Leo Chanel. Um, if anyone Leo watched Chanel, the linebackers okay. run the 40, uh, the commentators were saying, oh, it sounds like, a, you know, auditoire. <laughs> I did actually have a name, but I can't remember what it was. There was the, I, 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 was... I sent it to us, but what was it? Oh, I wish I could remember. It was very funny. I got nothing. Got absolutely nothing. I don't think I watched enough, to be honest. I had to go back and watch a lot. Um, 
Yeah, or Charleston Rambo. Charleston Rambo is my, my favorite. <laughs> oh, you had I've Snoop seen. Snoop Connor as well. Yeah, Snoop yeah, Connor. That's yeah. a good name. You've got to like that. Yeah, that's a few good ones. All right, boys. Yep. Let's wrap it up. Next week, uh, we'll see how we go. Whether we start on our wide receivers or whether we get into free agency, it'll just depend on when we pod. Uh, if we stick with the usual time, it'll be wide receivers. If we want to push it back a day, it'll be free agency potentially. So, look out for it. Keep your eyes on our socials. Hit us up. Sheep Session Dynasty Podcast on the. Something I can't even remember. Why do I even do this sometimes? Let me tell you. As it's always, mate, you should record it and just plug it at the end. Sheep Station Pod on Twitter at Sheep Station Pod on Twitter. Sheep Station Podcast on Instagram. Love your work, boys. Always a pleasure. We will see you next week. Ciao. Combine. Yeah.